So if your liver gets blocked with lymph, it gets blocked with veins, and the vein pressure pushes out everywhere, particularly to your legs, mm -hmm. but everywhere else. And it also increases what they call intracranial pressure, pressure inside of your head. So the supply is everything you're trying to put in your body to help it heal itself, mm -hmm. including your breathing, including your supplements, including your nutrition. And then here's my question. When you put the supply stuff in, how does it get to the cell? Drainage precedes supply. <clears throat> Drainage precedes supply. So let's talk about a moment, what that means. And the first place you start is the lymphatic system, because here's what you're going to discover, man. When you start to work that system, you're like, everything else starts to feel a little bit better. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and all of your therapies can work just a little bit better. Hello, friends. I am very excited to bring you this interview with my longtime friend, Dr. Perry Nicholson. In this episode, we dive deep into the importance of and the function or malfunction of the lymphatic system. And folks, I thought I knew something about the lymphatic system until this conversation with Dr. Perry. And all I can say is this information has the potential to change your life. It's a complete game changer. It's gonna blow your mind. So I wanna thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate you watching and listening to this episode. And if you'd like to support our channel, we would greatly appreciate it. The best way to do so is to hit the subscribe or the follow button below. So now let's take a deep dive into talking lymphatic mojo with Dr. Perry Nicholson. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Doc. Welcome. How you doing, man? Thank I'm doing wonderful, my friend. Thanks for having me back on the show. Anytime I get to hang out with you, I always love it. Well, you too. Uh, you're looking great. You're looking healthy. You feeling good? Oh, yeah. Certainly am. Yeah, you know, lighting yeah. may have a lot to do with that. I always <laughs> joke about that, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, me too. it's all good. Well, I'm feeling great. So it's really good to have you joining me and to hang out and just have a conversation. Um, I have one question for you in just a second. But I was looking the other day, and I'm not sure how many years it is, but it's close to 10 years we go back now. When we yeah. met down at Kinetic and uh, somewhere in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, Kinetic PT. I still travel by there every day. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So so in, in all this time, you know, we've gotten to hang out in person together, you know, uh, different locations, the Primal Chains Workshop, which... I, uh -huh. I use I use some of that stuff here with my people. Yeah, I'm, I, you got to get on the floor. You got to do this. You got to, and it's great, man. It's foundational, you know. Like uh, like like I have three grandchildren now, so I'm watching them Whoa. in a different yeah. from a different perspective than I did as a dad mm -hmm. when I didn't know any of this stuff. Yeah, just going back and seeing where we all started to to move yeah. which was not on our feet uh nope. it was the it was the ground so if you visit that often like here's a here's a here's a tagline on purpose because most people only get to the ground when they fall yeah and what i'm going to contend is if you do more work on the ground and practice getting up from the ground a lot you have a less likelihood to uh end up falling on it and that's you don't want that exactly. because the statistics are crazy of how 
life expectancy plummets, especially for the elderly after a fall. That's like a five-year window yeah. where your death rate substantially increases. It's really astounding. And if you, of course, if you have other uh, neurological or neuroinflammation and things like Parkinson's, I mean, you can you can put that even higher, right? Absolutely. I mean, so we go back a long ways. I've been learning so much from you over the years. We're going to learn more today. But I have, mm -hmm. to, I have to add to that, too, because uh, like Atia, Dr. Atia just came out you know, a few months ago with this thing, talking about research, age 65 and up, for those who fall and break a femur or a hip, one year later, half of them are dead. And the other half, most of them aren't back to where they were before the fall. That's pretty bad. And that's without a diagnosis of any Parkinson's or anything. So it's interesting, though, watching my grandkids just pop up right off the floor. They pop right up. They sit right down. They don't need any hands. I'm still working mm -hmm. on it, you know, to, to get to join them on the floor without hands and stuff like that. Um, it's really, really cool to watch them develop. So. I appreciate all you've been teaching us over the years, how much you've helped me. And uh, I just got to do a little shameless or shameful promotion here, but it really is about you. You were so kind as to write the foreword for my first book. Oh, Thank you. yeah. Great book. <laughs> okay, You're welcome. Thank you for asking. It was an honor for sure. Uh, uh, but, Doctor, I want to talk about lymph. I want to ask you one question, which is going to carry the rest of this time we're talking today. Hmm. What the hell is the lymphatic system, and why is it so important? Now, I know a lot of the answers because I'm following you, but I want to bring this to my audience who has no clue about what the lymphatic system is. They just hear about it. It sounds fancy, but it's kind of like one of those, oh, well, you know, my doctor doesn't talk about it. Why hmm. should I really think about it? Because the doctors don't talk about it. So... Yeah. Tell me, what is it? Why is it so important? What does it do? Well, honestly, that's the perfect question. So thank you very much on that. Um, I, I always have this phrase that you know, we can't control something until we become aware of it, right? Because it's not yeah. on your radar. You just don't know about it. And unfortunately, um, many people only find, about, find out about the lymphatic system when they get to a point when they're really sick or they're really broken, but I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes they don't even hear about it then, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and true. I'm trying to change that. I mean, that's why my mission is to talk about lymph whenever I can, you came to the right place and also get it more talked about in, uh, every aspect of life. Of course, the, uh, healthcare world, which unfortunately it's not. And it's come a long way, honestly, from where it was even just five years ago, which is like when I really started to uh, teach this stuff a lot more. But so this is the awareness part. And once you become aware of it, I'm going to tell you, I'm about, I'm about ready to show you the matrix. Okay. That you, you've been living in the whole time. And when you see the unmatrix, you cannot unsee it. Okay, uh, you're you're about ready, and I'm I'm gonna tell you the truth. To have your life changed. Okay, good. With with this information. So this is it. Okay, so the lymphatic system is a system in your body, and you've got many many systems. But before I start to talk about the lymphatic system, which I think is the most important system in the body, and you'll probably agree with me when I'm done, I need to say my tagline phrase. Mm -hmm. And this is going to come into play 
as we talk about it, because you'll understand it when we get into when we get into it. It's this: no system in the body ever works alone. It never gets injured alone. It never heals alone. There's no such thing as an isolated injury in the body. There's no such thing as isolated healing. It's all or nothing until lights out. That means mm. every system is trying to help each other. Your body is one piece. It has no idea what body parts are. It doesn't care about names. It doesn't care about the diagnosis label that you've given yourself. They're all trying to help you not die, heal up, live a great quality life, and not suffer so much. Okay? So what's the lymphatic system? It's part of two primary systems in your body. One is your immune system. It is the most powerful and the most neglected part of your immune system. Mm. Now, why is your immune system important? That's the one that primarily keeps you from not being dead. That, <laughs> that is inflammation, right? And your immune system tries to kill things that are trying to kill you, which means it's sort of kind of important, right? And if you have an immune system issue, in the way I look at it, you automatically have a lymphatic system issue. They, mm -hmm. they always go together. It just depends on how much of an issue it's playing. And I'll contend this. If you've never done anything intentionally on purpose to work and help your lymphatic system, you're probably suffering from some issue with your lymphatic system. You just don't know it yet. So what I mean by that statement is that everybody is always working their lymphatic system. They're just doing it by accident. Great. They don't know that they're doing it. So I'm going to give you a strategy of taking care of it with simple things that can make absolutely mind-blowing, astounding changes with just some simple stuff. It's going to blow your mind, and it's also going to clean your mind because you're going to have toxins in your brain and your neck if your lymphatic mm. system is backed up. <clears throat> so most of your immune system lives in your gut. I think many people may know that, and you know the strong connection between the gut and the brain with Parkinson's, right? Sure thing. So if most of your immune system lives in your gut, guess what? That's where most of your lymphatic system lives too. It's almost like it was designed that way, eh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So automatically, if you have a gut problem, you have a lymph problem. If you have a lymph problem, you have a gut problem. Th that's a non-negotiable in my world. They always okay. go together. I don't mm -hmm. care where your lymph issue is. Like we'll get into it later that maybe you have one leg that's much more swollen than the other called lymphedema. Mm -hmm. You have a gut problem too. All right. Okay. Which came first? I don't care because you're going to treat both regardless. It doesn't matter because mm -hmm. it's always, it's always both. <clears throat> so if you want to, if you want a rock star hashtag beast mode monster lymph, uh, immune system, you got to start working your lymphatics. That's the first system. Now, the second system is your vascular system slash cardiovascular system, which I'm going to be honest with you, <clears throat> I think is just as important as the immune system, if not more important, because okay. that influences blood flow. All right. And blood flow, my friends, is how healing happens. Right? Thank blood you. flow is how, yeah, 
because if, we if actually, you don't have we teach that here <laughs> we teach that <clears throat> people are surprised to learn that but <clears throat> yep it's true yeah that's a big deal man if you don't get yeah. adequate blood flow to your brain your brain's really going to struggle to to heal itself mm-hmm. and, and that you can put the insert whatever body part you have the same rules uh apply yeah. so why is it part of your vascular system well because everything is interconnected right like we mentioned before so your lymphatic system actually puts its end products uh, into the veins of the body, the venous system of the body. And it does that at the collarbone, which we'll talk about later, why that's really, really important. That's one of the most powerful things you're ever going to learn the rest of your life is the power of working the collarbone. Mm-hmm. So it goes into the veins at the collarbone. And from the veins, it goes now into the heart and then the heart takes it and it brings it into the lungs and then it goes back out again into the artery system of the body because those two systems don't connect with each other right Right. so there's no separation between these fluid compartments everything goes to different uh, fluid compartments they just change the names of actually what it's called when it's there right Mm -hmm. so if you end up having a lymphatic system issue, then you end up having a vein issue, which means you end up having an artery issue. And the artery issue is the supply side of all the good stuff that you want, like, like your oxygen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's what's very fascinating to me, man, is that I, I saw, and some people read stuff and they just want to even think about it, but this blew my mind. You have twice as many veins in the body as arteries. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's sit with that for a moment, shall we? If you have twice as much of something in your body than anything else, what do you think that means? It's probably really important. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The reason being is that the veins are also a way that your body removes waste, Mm -hmm. like the lymphatic system, because the lymphatic system kills things and then flushes stuff out. We'll talk about Mm -hmm. some analogies later between an aquarium and the toilets in your house. Then you'll go, oh, this makes total sense, right? Yeah. Those are primarily uh, waste removal systems in the body. So if you struggle with that waste removal, then you're going to struggle with the other side of it, which is the healing side. Yeah. So here's what I know in my world. You know, I'm... Really uh, passionate about how all these different fluids are able to move in the body. And the operative word is move. That's why moving your body is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> you begin to move those fluids around, right? Uh, the fluids that you have in your body need to f- flow freely. Uh, if, if they don't flow freely, and we'll get into why that might be later. You're going to have some pain somewhere. You're going to have some inflammation somewhere. You're going to have a diagnosis show up somewhere and a label somewhere. Yep. And to me, I'm always going to work the fluid flow to help that improve no matter what label you've been given. Mm-hmm. That comes first. I love it. I have it. Can I jump in? I want to tell you something. Yeah. I had a lot of pain four or five years ago. Uh, what happened after that was pretty traumatic and all that. This blood clots and all that stuff, but I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing better than ever now. Ever. 
ever. I'm healthier than ever now. However, back then I had some issues going on. So I hadn't found a new doctor yet. So I did see this one doctor. <laughs> I said, well, what about my lymphatic system? Mm-hmm. She just looks at me like I had three heads. <laughs> well, that's, that's frightening, honestly. Why would you ask about that system? So because I know it's a very important system. My friend teaches about it. And I'm learning a lot, and I'm talking about you, really. All right, so mm-hmm. she says, well, if you had a lymphatic problem, your legs would be swollen, and you don't have swollen legs, so your lymph system is just, it's fine. Oh, oh my gosh, really? Okay. Well, Next doctor, please. <laughs> okay, so I have a really it, good doctor now, but anyways, yeah. that's uh, that was my experience in asking <clears throat> one doctor. I've talked with quite a few about it. Um, and everything you say here resonates so, so, so beautifully with it. Well, first of all, it's the truth. Next of all, it just makes sense. If you have yeah, a blockage well, somewhere, stuff's yeah. just not working right. If you, you, we're designed to move. Humans are supposed to be moving. And so we have all these fluids. I love how you put that too, how you said all these, these fluids are, they're supposed to be moving. You, you don't want stagnant fluids. Yeah, you, 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 you don't want stagnant. It's bad. Uh, lymphatic blockage is bad. You just can't have these things blocking up. Well, move, movement is life in, in every way, honestly. Yeah. So it's, it's moving yourself. But when you move yourself, you move the fluids. So that's really what I'm paying attention to. And I'd yeah. like to address what you said there, because that's one of the things that I'm trying to change. Especially in relationship to the healthcare profession, is that many people only look to the lymphatic system as being a problem in uh, two cases primarily. One is uh, lymphedema, like they were saying. Well, you don't have a presentation of body parts being abnormally swollen. You know, some people listening may have lymphedema. And that's a condition you you can acquire many different ways. One, you have a you're born with it. It's called primary lymphedema, and the other one is secondary lymphedema, which is much more common. Is you develop over the course of your life from your habits or the things that have happened to you in your life because you damage the system. Mm-hmm. Currently, there's no cure for either one. There's only management, but who knows that may change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so. You know, if if they don't see something swollen, then they think the lymphatic system is great. That's mistake number one. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is if you have cancer, right? Because then they yeah. tell you, well, you may have to remove lymph nodes, right? Or they travel to lymph nodes, particularly for women who have uh, breast cancer and they need to remove lymph nodes. And mm-hmm. I had thyroid cancer about 25 years ago and it traveled to some lymph nodes in my neck. So they removed a pretty good amount of lymph nodes in my neck. So, you know, I struggle sometimes because of that, but that's another reason why I have to work the lymphatic system. But people need to realize too, is that your lymphatic system job is to kill cancer cells every day so you actually never get cancer because everybody always has cancer cells in their body they don't just jump out of nowhere like the boogeyman it's your immune system that keeps killing them so they don't run away and then take over right Mm -hmm. so they're seeing now when you do lymphatic work it depends on what your diagnosis is whether you're getting chemo or not and where you are in your healing stage but lymphatic 
work can be very, very helpful in helping you recover from mm -hmm. uh, cancer. But there's many different factors that go along with that. But they're seeing now, and I've spoken to many of the top lymphatic researchers in the world where they call them uh, subclinical symptoms, which means that people have all of these symptoms and diagnoses, but nobody's looking at the lymphatic system as being a cause of it, but the lymphatic system is a, not the only cause, let me preface mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. but a cause. So some examples are glaucoma. Glaucoma is intimately connected to lymphatic system dysfunction because you have a lot of really? lymph that travels along the optic nerve. No Another idea. one, yeah, is Crohn's disease. Crohn's disease is intimately to that. No way. Neuroinflammation. I know you know about that one. Neuroinflammation. Yeah, and if you get neuroinflammation, you can get a, many different types of diagnoses. But the underlying thing is that there's inflammation around the nerves and around the brain. Wow. Obesity is another one. Okay. And that's just the beginning. So when people ask me, how do you know when you have a dysfunctional, I don't, I don't even like to use the word dysfunctional. I'm going to say non-optimal because mm -hmm. I don't believe yeah. that anything yeah. is dysfunctional because your body's always trying to do the best it can with what it's got to help you heal and recover with the hands mm -hmm. it's got. <clears throat> uh, you, honestly, here's my answer. You can pretty much experience almost any symptom you ever imagined. I really want you to look for the lymphatic system if... You're trying all the traditional, I'm doing the quote unquote air quote mm -hmm. thing here, things to mm -hmm. get well and you're not. Mm -hmm. That yep. is a, it's very, so the number one sign of a dysfunctional lymphatic system in my world <clears throat> is brain fog. So you have many different symptoms because you're allowed to have more than one problem, right? The number one symptom that I look for <laughs> for a lymphatic system that needs help is brain fog. I'm interjecting because I love how you teach. I love how you explain things. Oh, thank <laughs> you're allowed, you very You're much. allowed to have more than one problem. <laughs> yeah. It's just so true. <laughs> you know, that, that's, I, I've got to interject just for one second because that is part of the problem in the world of medicine and physical therapy and all this is, <clears> oh, that's your problem. That. That could be one of 20 problems. I mean, even if it's just a joint uh, uh, malalignment or just something. Mm -hmm. so, oh, this, this, I get the need for specific therapies on specific places. But how many people go outside of that? How many medical people go outside of it and look to other possible causes? We're not there yet. But you're there. No. So keep telling me. We're not. Because I love this. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, I always say to people, you know, you got to keep things in context and also, you know, think about the individual that you're working with and what they've tried to get better and what's helped and what's not helped. So mm -hmm. um, let's say that, you know, if I come up and then uh, I hit you in your shoulder with a baseball bat, right? Uh, <laughs> there is a really good explanation of why your shoulder hurts, right? That that's trauma. That's pretty, you know, <laughs> hey, I know I better fix that up. Okay. But now I want you to realize after you fix that shoulder, you better be working your lymphatic system afterwards, or I'm gonna tell you you're gonna struggle the rest of your life with that shoulder. That's the mm -hmm. lesson I'm gonna tell you there. <clears throat> but that's vastly different than yesterday your shoulder didn't hurt and today it does. Mm -hmm. And nobody hit you. I'm gonna ask you what's up with that? Why mm -hmm. in the world did it happen today? 
Now, I'm going to tell you, probably because your lymph system has likely been a hot mess for 20 years, and you didn't know about it. And then now, it, your body's just telling you, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need help, and that's what pain is. So there can be a lot of different reasons why your shoulder hurts, but the message I'm trying to send you is that I don't do any of those until I check and clear your lymphatic system first, because that's the system that controls the health of all the other systems. That's the mm -hmm. message I'm trying to send to you. And then you automatically improve blood flow when you work your lymphatic flow. And I know if your shoulder hurts, it's got poor blood flow. That I know 100%. Mm -hmm. right? But that's what my, my name is, Stop Chasing Pain. So I want people to treat pain. And you can absolutely start where it hurts because that's a good place to begin because it can be very overwhelming of, well, where else do I look? But if you keep going out for the side of pain and it's not getting better, that's your first clue <laughs> that it might be coming yeah. from somewhere else in addition to the site of pain. But another reason I started the site of pain is because I'm dealing with a human being attached to the injuries that they're coming in to see me for with feelings and emotions and a story. And yeah, I yeah. need to show that I'm listening and I understand and I show empathy. So of course I'm going to go where you hurt because I want you to realize I understand what you're going through. But then mm -hmm. that's where I'm going to come on in and try to expand and say, you've struggled a lot. You've tried all these different things and they're not working. They can't find anything on an x-ray. They can't find anything on blood work, but you can't get out of bed. We need to think differently. So my work is all about teaching people to think differently about how they're taking care of the body. And the first place you start is the lymphatic system, because here's what you're going to discover, man. When you start to work that system, you're like, everything else starts to feel a little bit better. Mm -hmm. and, and all of your therapies can work just a little bit better. Yeah. I have a question. Let's. Hmm. Um, nobody hit him with a baseball bat yesterday. They might have picked something up the wrong way or they didn't do anything and they slept on it wrong. Maybe they don't even know. They have no idea. But it didn't hurt last week. What are you looking at? Um, that's a great question. And plus, it's actually a condition that uh, is quite common, honestly. Yeah, and it's I see difficult. It it's difficult for people to get over it. And normally, what people do is, you know, they go after the shoulder, which is a good start, and then they start cranking on the shoulder. And sometimes that's beneficial. You know, mm -hmm. they also have a technique called MUA, manipulation under anesthesia, mm. where, you know, they put your lights out and then they go on there. And then what they can do is, I mean, they can grab that shoulder and do things that, it looks like you're from a medieval torture chamber, what they do to you. <laughs> yeah. But they're trying to break up some of that uh, scar, quote unquote, scar tissue or adhesions or whatever kind of word you want to give it. But And it can be helpful, but for some it's not. But one of the reasons I think it's so helpful is because you shut down your whole nervous system and your body. So you're not guarding anymore and your emotions are checked out because you're asleep. You're gone. No, that so makes a lot of sense, yeah. too, because, you know, when you're awake for all this stuff, 
guarding just happens and you can't really help it. Yeah, and what you'll find is that most of these long-term chronic issues are subconscious driven in the subconscious mind through your, your habits and your behaviors, your compensations, your adaptations, the stories that you've told yourself. Because one thing I find in my world is most shoulder injuries come from some type of deep-seated emotional component in your life <clears throat> that you may not even know about or that happened 10 years ago. And then we don't think about that stuff because it was 10 years ago. And I'm like, well, you know, your body, your nervous system and your immune system never forget anything that's ever happened to you, even though you do. That's my joke. Like you can forget it all consciously, but subconsciously it's in the program. It's in the matrix. Okay. Wow. And all those things add up. But one of the things that yeah. I know typically is that it, it may not, it may be a combination of the shoulder has an issue, but there's something somewhere else. Um, and then that's where I'm going to work. First of all, when my approach, when I'm, when I'm trying to think about it now is that I'm going to look at your shoulder, but then I'm going to look everywhere else. Mm -hmm. Right. And the first place that I look is for other areas in your body that have a lot of tightness or tension or inflammation and pain that you're not focusing on because your shoulder's all you're paying attention to. Mm -hmm. And I do that by checking these lymphatic points. And then we free up the lymphatic points. And when we do that, we ease tension in the body. So tension everywhere eases up. And whenever you ease tension up, you automatically improve what? How fluids move. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So the exactly. fluids move better everywhere. Yeah. And when I can improve fluid motion everywhere, then everything in the body has a potential at that point to actually move better mm -hmm. and then recover better because it's only going to do that if you move the fluids. And I see a lot of frozen shoulder issues that come from issues in the abdominal region and the uh, belly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, one, because I just want you to think of like the uh, connective tissue fascial component. All right. But people know what that is. That's like the saran wrap that's around you that keeps everything uh, supported. Most people might know what fascia is by now, mm -hmm. but that all interconnects. But your your shoulders and your hips really connect to each other because otherwise you wouldn't be able to walk. Mm -hmm. right? So right, right. When you walk, you have one shoulder moving and all the other ones are moving too, but it's usually reciprocal. So, I mean, your right shoulder will intimately connect to your left hip, mm -hmm. right? And then, right. well, when they connect to each other, they crisscross each other. And they crisscross each other in the front of the body and the back of the body. And usually the abdomen is where that greatest uh, line of tension sits, right there. Okay. Yep. And then that can pull on the shoulder. And they're finding, which is quite cool, the liver intimately connects to frozen shoulder on either side, but mostly on the right side. Yeah. Very, now I'm going to give okay, you two okay. reasons for that. I'll give wow. you two reasons if you want. Okay. If you want me to break mm -hmm. it down. Uh, well, I do because this is fitting somebody I'm working with right now. Ah. Uh, okay. The <laughs> right. Okay. So so I'll give you the more like anatomical version in a moment. But they know that if you follow Eastern medicine and you just look at how human beings are, we're emotional creatures and emotions are held in the tissues of the body, right? If you don't think that's the case, you see how somebody's tissues are when they're going through grief and sorrow and loss. Mm -hmm. If they've lost somebody in their life that they loved, or if they're having a moment of pure bliss, your tissue is not going to be the same. Wow. Right? Uh, that, just, that just hit something really, really deep right there. Go, keep going, though. Thank you. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they've linked anger and rage to the liver primarily. That's where those get 
stored in the body. Okay. Now, uh, can I ask? Store can that, I, yeah. Can yes. I ask with the liver and on the rage thing? <laughs> why? And and is there something going on in the liver that would cause that? Yeah. So from my perspective, I try to think from an anatomical relationship. That's where mm-hmm. a lot of your hormones live. Really? Okay. Yeah, so that's where you you purge your estrogen levels yeah. a lot, oh, and yeah. then estrogen and testosterone levels go together. So if you alter your hormone levels, uh, you might just be a little testy. Mm. Yeah, uh, just look at people that are on anabolic steroids, and you get an answer. And then look at people that may have maybe going through menopause. They may not be going through anger or rage, but they're going through something. Yeah. And here's it's what's cool. Fifty percent of your lymphatics are produced in your liver. Wow. No. So let me ask you a question: What happens if the lymphatic system is choked or blocked? Then the the liver gets full and stagnated, and it can swell a little bit, and then you can't process your hormones well. And also, guess what? Your liver is a powerhouse for vein flow. Yeah. Wow. So. If your liver gets blocked with lymph, it gets blocked with veins, and the vein pressure pushes out everywhere, particularly to your legs, mm-hmm. but everywhere else. And it also increases what they call intracranial pressure, pressure inside of your head. Mm-hmm. Why in the world would that happen? Well, because you increase vein pressure everywhere in the body. Okay? So the liver stagnation is like a saturated sponge. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so that, that's kind of a big deal. So that's going to affect the function of the, the liver. And then the liver also anatomically connects to your diaphragm. It, it touches and connects to it through ligaments. Okay. And if the liver gets stuck, then the diaphragm gets stuck. And when the diaphragm gets stuck, you don't breathe well through your diaphragm, which is a muscle in the lower part of the ribcage. You don't expand through the lower part of your ribcage well for days or weeks or months or years. And that changes how you breathe and how you move your shoulder a lot. All right. And then anatomically, the liver descends from your neck. Mm -hmm. So the liver is supplied by the cervical vertebra and your Mm -hmm. neck. They call, so that's kind of a big deal, right? And then, so, because you remember, you weren't always this big. You were really, really tiny once, and then everything grew apart. And everything really, really tiny now got really, really big. So when it separates out, medicine forgets that. Right. And that they all interconnect with each other. So what will happen is, is that you can have uh, cervical issues, but you can have liver issues that cause cervical issues because it goes both ways. And then let's think when you know your anatomy, what nerve levels supply the shoulder? C5, C6. Yeah, we're in the lower C. Cervical spine. So your cervical spine can jack up your shoulder. And so it may be like this, shoulder to neck, neck to liver to diaphragm or diaphragm to liver to neck to shoulder. But nobody's going to look down there because they say my organs don't hurt. And first of all, then I'm going to ask you, how in the hell do you know that? Like, so you go into the abdomen and you check the abdomen and you check the lymph. And very often I'm going to see somebody who's very sensitive around the right rib cage because that's where the liver sits. They can't breathe well through the diaphragm. They're stuck and stagnated in their lymph. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's no way in the world you're ever getting over a frozen shoulder if that's stuck down there. I'm not saying it's the only cause. Mind you, I'm not saying that. 
mm-hmm. but I'm saying you better check the boxes to see if it's playing uh, a role. So that's the thinking process that I'm trying to tell people, because if you go into medicine, everybody's going to crank on your shoulder all day long. Sure. They might even want to slice and dice it, you know, because that's and, what they do. You know, sometimes you need to do that. I tell people, yeah. listen, I mean, traditional medicine is a, is a gift. Yeah. Right. Because you're not going to come see me for limp work if your arm's hanging off. Right. <laughs> but you better come see me after they put it back on. Yeah. That, that's the goal. Because I'm going to contend uh, you're going to recover like a monster. You're going to be so, more, so much more uh, resilient. Right. So all of these things where people are carrying around this underlying inflammation, and that's a big thing because we know from uh, our current thinking process that these chronic diseases, autoimmune things are happening from inflammation, inflammation that's gone uh, crazy, like it's gone amok, basically, because you need inflammation because without inflammation, you would actually die pretty fast. (laughs) <laughs> you just don't want inflammation happening all the time. Like that, 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 that. It's like stress. Stress is not bad, but it's the dosage of the stress that you need to be thinking into consideration. So let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If we know that inflammation is a driver for all these chronic diseases and stuff like that, then you need to look at what do you think would happen inside the body if your lymph nodes stopped working well and you got stuck full of uh, toxins and bacteria and uh, cellular waste, what I call cell poop. That's the stuff that happens after cells are injured or they regenerate and stuff can't get out. You die eventually. Yeah. What does your immune system do to stuff that's stuck in there and it can't get out? Well, it attacks it. It's going to turn on inflammation. Because then I'm going to ask you, why in the world do you have inflammation that won't let go? I'm going to tell you one of the biggest reasons is because you got stuck lymphatics that don't function at optimum. So you're basically like a uh, backed up toilet where stuff can't okay, get out. Okay. That's what it's like inside yeah. of your, your body. Wow. And yeah, I don't, I don't want to be anywhere inside your body if you got a stuck toilet and your cells no. don't either. So, no. so cow, here's man. what I'm trying to tell you is that your body's not broken. Your body is not punishing you with inflammation. Your body's always trying to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? Let's not die today, okay? Because that would be good. Because it's really hard to heal when you're dead. Survival is the number one goal of your body. It's not yep. happiness. It's not joy. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's don't die. And inflammation is one of the biggest ways that it accomplishes that task but with stuck lymphatics you will always 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 struggle with inflammation this is this is absolutely mind-boggling seriously and i think so too you know and the mind is a big one because they're seeing now you know better than anybody with with the research of the brain and the technology where we can see things that the uh Neuroinflammation in the brain is going to be linked to the inability to drain the metabolic waste and toxins from the brain, primarily through fluids. It gets out through the lymphatics in your neck, the deep lymph nodes in your neck are your brain toilets. It gets out through the veins of the brain, mm-hmm. right? 
gets out there. And then it also gets out through cerebrospinal fluid. And here's the thing, the cerebrospinal fluid drains to limb. Okay. Sure. So here's what I find. All those systems work together. I see people with stuck vein drain, stuck lymph drain, stuck cerebrospinal fluid drain, and your brain's living in muck all the time. Stuff's going to start to show up. Now, here's what's cool. I'll stop after this one. They used to think that there were only three layers to the brain called meninges. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's called the right. dura matter, the arachnoid matter, the pia matter. You know, for those that are in the in the know, you don't really need to know about it. Think about it; it's just like uh, blankets covering mm -hmm. the brain. Guess what, man? They recently discovered a fourth layer that they never knew about. Oh, okay. And the fourth layer, they find its job is to separate the dirty brain fluid, the cerebrospinal fluid, from the clean. The clean survival food, yep. right? And it's called uh, slime, S-L-Y-M. And oh, it's subarachnoid. That just means below the arachnoid. Mm -hmm. Lymphatic-like membrane. No so clue. think about that. So there's the word lymph in there, right? Yeah. So first of all, we've overlooked a brain layer for a long mm -hmm. period of time because it was just so thin and we weren't able to see it because it would just disintegrate when they started to look at the look at the layers. And so if that system has an issue, you can't separate clean from dirty and then you get dirty brain. And when yeah. you get dirty brain, you get a neuroinflammation diagnosis or here's the first thing you feel brain fog. Mm, I was just going to ask you about that. This I think about so many things right now and trying to think of what's the best question to ask. But actually, I'll just say that with the amount of cognitive fog, decline, whatever we see, the amount of dementia, the amount of Alzheimer's, and I realize there can be a lot of contributors to these things. However, even for those with no diagnosis, even for me, I'm thinking, and my fog two days ago, especially. <laughs> Good thing we didn't do this two days ago, <laughs> because today I feel a lot better. But this this fog factor seems inevitable if you're not flowing right, and other yeah, problems. Yeah, it pretty much and is. inflammation everywhere, and pain in different places. Uh, all of this is this is actually seriously. This is mind blowing, and I haven't had my mind blown in quite a while. But this is this is doing it right now. This is amazing. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, I would agree with you hundred percent there, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, most individuals at, at any age uh, are starting to get more of the brain fog type symptoms, yeah. you know? So um, I, I'm not saying that the, that that's the only reason that it may be contributing to why you have what here, but what I will contribute, what I will say mm -hmm. is that if you have stuck toilets in your body, some something's going to show up at some point and that's not good. <laughs> and if you can clean them out, you stand a much better chance of healing and recovering or maybe not suffering so much than you are right now because you're keeping these systems things. So I want to, I want to tell you a phrase that's really simple, but it, it altered everything that I do as a practitioner and how I look at the body. If I may, 
Sure, please. It's from uh, osteopathic medicine, which classical osteopathic, not the modern one. The it, it the way they look at the body was what I've been searching for, honestly. Yeah. And it was founded by a gentleman named Andrew Taylor Still, who was a medical doctor, but he created his own. Mm-hmm. And the things that he primarily looked at were lymphatic flow and blood flow as the underlying issue with things in conjunction with the nervous system that's stuck in fight or flight, which is oh, wow. the yeah. modern world today, right? Yeah. So if you're stuck in fight or flight, it's called hypervigilance, hyperarousal. Uh, that feeds fluid stagnation. That's the trifecta for sickness right there. Okay. Oh right? And he said this. Right? What's his name again? Drainage. Uh, Andrew Taylor Still. Okay. S-T-I-L-O. Mm-hmm. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said this phrase. Uh, drainage precedes supply. <clears throat> drainage precedes supply. So let's talk about a moment, what that means. So hold on to that. Put that off to the left here a little bit. And then let's, let's think about right, if, you, if you're trying to help cells heal, recover, regenerate when they've been damaged, or you, know, you want to make new cells every day because you know, that's what happens. Cells die every day on purpose because that's life. Right? Yeah. But in order to make uh, cells, that are new and function well, they, they need a supply chain of certain things. Like three big ones, especially your brain, are oxygen and glucose. Like if you don't have those to your brain, you're in a world of hurt. Okay? Mm-hmm. But also other nutrients. You know, and we get those primarily through what? Eating. Yeah. So that's why nutrition plays an important role, because otherwise garbage in, garbage out. Right, but glucose, and then holy cow, you're back to the liver again with glucose. Mm-hmm. Then uh, oxygen. Okay, so that's the supply side. Okay, so remember I said drainage precedes supply. So the supply is everything you're trying to put in your body to help it heal itself, mm-hmm. including your breathing, including your supplements, including your nutrition. And then here's my question: When you put the supply stuff in, how does it get to the cell? Blood flow. Yeah. Yeah. It it gets there through blood flow. Which one? The arteries. Yep. Okay. The arteries. So you got the supply system, the arteries, blood, oxygen, the healing. Yeah, that's the supply chain, right? So it's it's gotta get there, right? But in order to get to the cell, it actually has to cross fluid that the cells live in. Mm -hmm. Because if it can't cross that fluid, well then it can't get to the cell. Does that make sense? Totally. So here's a trick question. What's the system that controls the health of the fluid that the cells live in? You should be saying lymphatic right now. I should be saying lymphatic because of all the stuff that going is. on in my head here. Yeah, yeah. So if the lymphatic system doesn't work well, then the fluid around your cells is already having an issue. So your supply stuff is going to struggle to it, get to the cell it already. Can't, it can't get in. So here's the thing. Even though you put it in, doesn't mean it's getting in. You understand the difference? Yep, like you're yep. putting it in your body, but it doesn't mean it's getting to the cell that's waiting for it. It's a good now, point. You're going to get some stuff because if you didn't, you'd be dead, right? So let's say that the stuff goes into the cell. Then the cell does what? It uses it, right? 
it takes the oxygen in, it takes the nutrients mm -hmm. in, it goes through all those really cool things that you learn about mitochondria and yeah. Krebs cycle. And right. that's all, I just want you to think energy. That's what that is, energy. Okay. okay. So when you make energy, what do you make from energy? Well, there's, waste. There's waste. I was just going to say there's waste, so it's got to have a place to go. Yeah. So, I mean, if I use energy in my car, that's gas. It makes waste. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you make waste. Now, after the cell uses the waste, where does that waste go? It goes into the fluid that's already surrounding the cell. It's got to mm -hmm. go back out into mm -hmm. the fluid. Okay. Now, what system removes that waste from around the cell once the cell's done using it? The lymphatic system. There you go. And the veins. Mm -hmm. And they got to get and there's, out. And there's twice as many veins as there are arteries. Correct. Okay. Correct. Right? And what's interesting is, is that one area of your body where you have the most neur uh, neural activity, metabolic waste, and energy consumption is the brain. Yeah. So you have yeah. most of your waste that, in the brain because it's the most takes... metabolically active tissue in your body. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. What happens if that waste can't get out efficiently? You just get messed up. You can't yeah, think. what you're going to get is you're living in waste. You're going to get inflammation. But here's yep. what I'm trying to also send to you is that the stuff that you're putting in struggles to get where it needs to because you're so full of waste to begin it, with. It's almost like you're, you're building up a supply of this pollution toxins correct toxins yeah. that just it's not going where it needs to go and it gets there's more and more and more and inflation exactly. gets more and more and more that's another thing i um i remember hearing years ago inflammation in the brain and that's a big deal and there's a lot of it and it's usually not addressed but this totally makes sense yeah it, so it, it does right so <laughs> now let's revisit that phrase mm -hmm. Drainage precedes supply. Mm -hmm. That means I want you to work your lymphatics, work the veins, get try to help your body get rid of the waste that's already stuck there before you do the supply side. Mm -hmm. Now, what I found is everybody's really good at the supply side. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. I take 20 supplements a day. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that, listen to this. That's the person who takes 20 supplements a day. I do all my breathing exercises. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm having to take a lot of prescription medications. But, mm -hmm. but those are all supply sides. What I want you to take away from this is the supply side only works when you have the drainage side first. So you have to get yeah, the muck yeah. out to allow stuff in because your body's really smart. It's not going to put stuff in that it knows you can't get out because yeah. you're just going to get worse and worse and worse. Right. Right. And mm -hmm. here's a cool phrase. The solution to pollution is dilution. Oh, right. The solution to pollution is dilution. So if you're a polluter on the inside of the body, what's a way that your body can dilute it? It swells the container 
that's you. You get puffy, mm -hmm. you get swollen, you get fat. Mm -hmm. So fat cells surround toxins too to try to pull them away from your organs so you don't die quick. Wait a so minute. can we go back on yeah. that? Yes. Fat cells swell. Can you go back on that again and say that one more time? Yeah, please? sure. So first of all, fat cells are an organ. Yeah. And, uh, and they're really big hormone regulators. Mm -hmm. So you have to think about this. Let's see, your body's really, really smart. It's always looking for a solution. So it says this. Okay, if I got all this pollution in the body that can't get out, how in the world are we going to deal with it until, until uh, you learn lymphatic techniques? Right? right. One of the things it's got to do is it's got to try to dilute the waste. Okay. And to dilute the waste, I'm just going to put more fluids in there or try to remove the waste from these really, really, really important structures that you have deep in your body called your organs. Okay. So you'll get puffy, you'll get swollen. That's a person who looks like they've gained water weight. But yeah, yeah, the sure. Fat cells, their job is also to surround toxins mm -hmm. to protect you from the toxins. Okay. okay. The fat cells are also highly estrogenic. I didn't know that. Estrogen. Yeah, so fat cells are there to, one, it's energy for you that you need when you might not have food, but it also comes into play to keep you alive and, and surround the toxins. So what happens if you can't get the toxins out? You have to make more fat cells and more fat cells and more fat cells and more fat cells. And that's the person who then, think about this, they try to go on restrictive diets and they do cardio and they go to the gym. And so what are they doing? They're breaking down tissue even more. And that's good because that's what training is. But anytime that you break down cells from training or you put food in you to, to try to lose weight, what do you make? Waste. More waste. Yeah. So waste goes on, waste goes on, waste. And then what happens is you haven't cleared the waste beforehand. So you end up either not losing weight, gaining weight, or if you lose weight, what typically happens to the average person when they stop training? They gain it back and more. Gain it back, they gain more. Because then the body and, has to double well, down. Well, just going back on the fat cell thing. So yeah. you, I think you might use the phrase like makes more fat cells. Is, is this where are the fat cells increasing in size and are they splitting? Or what's happening? Yeah, so a lot of times it's a little bit of both, but most of the time they'll go in size. You know, that's, just, that it, split thing is really bad. That's why we get into some serious morbid, morbidly obesity. Oh, yeah. So you know, it's, your body is always just trying to find solutions for the current problem that it has because yeah. your, your your body and your nervous system only are only concerned with the next three seconds of your life. <laughs> Again, another great phrase right there. I love that. Yeah, that, that I would like to take credit for that, but that's a Robert Sapolsky line who, okay. who wrote the book, Why Zebras Don't Have Ulcers, which is a great book. Are you serious? And he talked, it's the name of Why good. Zebras Don't Have Ulcers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The reason being yeah. is that, like human beings, they, have, they can't let stuff go, human beings, and they have uh, psychosocial stress, which is the number one killer. Uh, you know, animals just go through something and they shake it off and they let it go. Humans wow. can't do it. Yeah. But yeah. he said that phrase and it stuck with me because that's what your body did. It's not, it's not thinking about a week from now. It's not thinking about an hour from now 
it's only three seconds from now, which means that it's going to do whatever it has to do in that moment, whether it makes sense to you or not. But that's, that's how I want you to, to think, right? And here's what I know is that if you don't have um, optimal lymphatic system flow and optimal blood flow, those ne next three seconds are going to be the quicksand. You're, you're going to struggle to get out of it, and you're always going to be in it. Because if you have poor blood flow and poor lymph flow, you automatically have an oxygen supply problem. And if you have an oxygen supply problem, pain is going to show up somewhere, my friend. You can trust me on that one. And so will uh, disease of many different types. Right. So you have to, absolutely have to clear these pathways to optimize your body's capability to heal itself. Because it can only heal itself with what it has available to do so. Does that make sense? You know, my mind is just going crazy right now because <laughs> I, you said this would change your life. It did. Because I knew some of this stuff. I've been following you. I've been watching you. I've subscribed to your thing. It's like, but this here is bigger than I ever managed, imagined. I'm a little embarrassed to say that. I feel like I should know, but that's why I'm here. <laughs> I, want, I need to learn. You're the one. You're the leader in the field on this, Doc. You are the leader going out, learning, teaching the value of the importance of the lymphatic system, but and how it relates to all other systems, because all systems work together. No system works alone. And it's just beautiful, man. It's, it's really a total game changer. Well, I thank really you very appreciate much, my friend. This more than I can tell you. I, could, I have so many questions to ask you. We'll but come back for another episode, for because, sure. Because, unfortunately, I'm out of time in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no worries. <laughs> uh, I should I should always have two hours for us. That's the way it should always work. You and me, when we get going. That's a safe bet. Yeah. The best shit going. <laughs> but a part two would be wonderful, because I'm particularly interested in going back on the subject of fat, talking about the liver. And the other thing you, you're talking about, I want to address another time has to do with your, I forget what system you said, but having a memory, your nervous system, and a traumatic experience. Oh, yeah, and how yeah immune system and your nervous system. Yeah. Oh, maybe a, a, a loss, a big a loss of somebody, a traumatic experience or whatever, can really cause, uh, be one of the, uh, a, let's say a primary cause of some serious problems with the flow of different things and health problems and this and that. And this is a whole, there's a whole lot of levels deeper than I realized it could be. I just didn't know this. Yeah. Well, forever a student, right? Like myself, always yeah. learning. And yeah. I, you know, I've learned from a lot of really smart people. And what I try to do is to take that, integrate it and add myself to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm doing too. <laughs> As you should. As you should. This is, uh, you know, this morning I woke up feeling kind of, well, excited to talk with you. I'm always excited about that. What am I going to do with people today? You know, because 
Yeah. I know a lot of stuff. I know we're, we're like the last stop. You know, people come to me because there's nothing else out there, right? And then they finally hear about us, and I'm not bragging. It's just, oh, 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 if I'd known about you five, seven doctors ago or visits ago and an expert, oh, I would have come here. Oh, mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you're here now. Thank you. I'm truly grateful. But I also feel like even though we're able to help people on a different level, it's not enough. It's just, it's never enough. And you're bringing more to the plate for all of us. So appreciate that so much, my friend. Oh, you are so very welcome. You uh, made I'm my down day. down for a part you two totally anytime. made my day. Totally made my day. <laughs> Excellent. I already have ideas, man. For my 930 who's coming in, I know what I'm, gonna, I'm, yeah, what I'm going to. Yeah, neurons are connecting in there. Oh, I can I see it. it. Totally. <laughs> so, Doctor, uh, where can people find out about all of your information, where can they learn from you? Where can they go to get this information in more detail and plans of action and what to do? Ah, thank you very much, my friend, and everyone for listening as well. Uh, it's very easy to find me. You just go on any search engine and type in Stop Chasing Pain. Uh, you'll find uh, as much as you ever wanted to see and learn, and that'll take you to our main website, which can spider out to about 5 billion other things that we've got going on. But that's a good place to start. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Doc, I'll communicate with you here in the next few hours or day or two. And yeah. uh, let's let's plan a part two, because I think there's more to talk about here so we can get more people coming to you checking out the site, subscribing, and doing different things. I really, really appreciate, first and foremost, your friendship, mm. your mentorship, because there's only like three people out there who've changed my life and ah. teaching me stuff. You're top of the list. And I've learned from hundreds of people, thousands, but you're, you're the top of the list, Doc, and I appreciate your time today, too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ditto, my friend. All right, brother. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll be in touch. Thanks again. Keep Always. up the great, the great mojo. Oh, you know it. It's all about the mojo. That never I ends. I love it, man. All right, doctor. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, and thanks again. You bet. Have a great one. All right. Bye. Have a, have a good one. Bye-bye. <laughs>